coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void and the Magic of the Internet again. I'm seeing a a nice smiling face on the other end of this line, and I want to dive straight into it. Who the fuck are you, and what do you do? I am Laurie Lube, and I am a skydiver and tunnel flyer. Or maybe I should say the other way around now. (laughs) The other way around now, tunnel flyer and skydiver. All right, so um, so you can consider yourself more of a, a tunnel flyer than a skydiver? Yeah, I mean, I started first skydiving, but then it's like, well, now it's my job in my life to be in the tunnels. So, yeah, I would say more a tunnel flyer now. More a tunnel flyer now. All right, well, we're going to jump back to the beginning like I always do and find out how you got started doing anything in air sports or actually anything extreme. Um, so when you were a kid, what was your first venture into doing silly, dangerous, fun stuff? I think I was quite a good kid when I was very young. Then it got like it got worse um no my dad was a skydiver so he used to be athlete and then he also he was training the national team and then worked for the french federation so i mean i was born in jobs and basically like i i yeah i was two years old like eating the elastic that you used to pack the the parachute and everything so i've, I've always grown up in the drop zone i've done my first time i was 15 years old and i've done my ff in france i was 17. nice nice yeah. so you were one of the original drop zone kids yeah yeah exactly i, I was one of them they were using yeah. you as a packing weight to to pack the canopies and stuff exactly yeah i just found a picture of me like i was like probably three years old, like in a rig like that. It was like, it's crazy. Like, um, yeah, for sure. I would end up there. Now now I I know how the drop zones are in the States and and for the kids that grow up around that there to some degree, but what is it like in France? Is it like the, um, or when you were growing up, was it also the skydiver slash party zone type of thing? Or was it more low key or? I think it was like that, but okay. So my dad was um, accuracy and uh, style. So I don't think they're the parting style. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Uh, they're not in this category. I would say. Um, yeah. No. I think I miss those parts of the parting parting stuff. Um, I was. Uh, yeah. My dad used to bring me in competition. He was coaching or whatever. So I, I used to be around, but like it was only for accuracy competition. So pretty. Um, old school and yeah 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 <laughs> oh i will i will i mean don't get me wrong i i have i know it's the only thing that you have stuff to say about yeah i mean i have friends that are that are accurate style and accuracy guys and i love them it's not them that i that i find horribly boring and yeah, sure <laughs> it's it, I, I described it once before as watching an accuracy meet is like watching a slow leak on a helium balloon <laughs> and- um, yeah it's um I, I might try someday like i want to try just to get it maybe you know like do like a few jumps get it in any way it's not gonna be useless it's gonna teach me some stuff sure i, I wouldn't think it's gonna be my thing i remember having like 17 or 18 jumps and it was actually the first job i've done with my dad and uh, he was making me like doing the turn turns flips like the one they do in uh in style and right. i was like 
Yeah, Luke, I wanted to freestyle, I guess. You know? <laughs> so now, the, the, the style portion of it and the freefall portion, uh, uh, a friend of both uh, mine, and, and I know you know him as well, Nitka Goratz, um, yeah. was champion. Um, and so I watched the yeah. video of him doing the style and freefall stuff, and it looks really, really cool. It's more the accuracy that I kind of make fun of. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I think it would be, or maybe I didn't reach the level to, like, yeah, have this part of fun and the canopy or whatever. But like, I would say that the day I do it, it would be more probably swooping than accuracy. <laughs> yeah, see, that's kind of my thing too is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have no doubt that it takes a fair amount of skill to be able to do what they do with accuracy. But as soon as you've watched someone like Nick Batch or, or one of the badasses do accuracy after swooping an entire pond at you know obscene speeds and they stomp the same i mean yeah you kind of lost me with the rest of it <laughs> yeah i mean for me I, I honestly admire them like they're incredible what they do is like and i think my dad was one of them he was like i think really really good at what he was doing he had like few word titles and uh so he was good at it and i absolutely admire him for what he did and for what is the the discipline it's just not my thing i sure. would say well and it's the, yeah. believe me i think the exact same thing i just have fun pulling uh pulling a few people's legs and they know who they are <laughs> now yeah. you said your dad won a few uh world titles uh, i think yeah a lot actually yeah i think a lot so he yeah, was yeah. a badass yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, he was an athlete for at least 15 years and he won, like, he was also in the military. So, like, between military competition and the uh, civil competition, he won, I would say, at least 15 titles. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, um, France really embraces the sport, does it not? I mean, the Federation is doing a great job, like, uh, it's how it start, I started as well, like, the, the way I did my FF, which is the pack in France, um, I think I've paid 100 euros, they were, I think they were, they were taking six, like, young people, I think you had to be below 18 years old, you paid 100 euros, you had the three first jump of the, of the AFF course and 10 minutes of tunnel time. And this is the first time I tried tunnel. This is my first, like, this is how I started my AFF. Mm. And then I just had to pay for the three remaining uh, jumps. But it was like, they're, they're trying to, like, encourage people to, like, try the sport or whatever. And now that I actually my lead for the French Federation, they're also super helpful. Like, it's, I think they really want to push the sport, the level, and and everything. They're wonderful, really. Well, the like, they all, obviously, they all have the flows, but, I mean, for the athlete, they're, they're great. Yeah, the Federation sponsors athletes, yes? Yeah. Like, for me, like, I'm sponsored by uh, by them, like, also from the tunnel, but, like, like also by them. And Shit, it's, like, look at you. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, the, so the last time we talked, and we should say this, we actually made an attempt to do a podcast before, but I fucked up the sound because I was really new at the podcast, and I had you in the old studio. Um, but, we were quite drunk as well. Yeah, there may have been a little yeah, alcohol so. involved. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably why I fucked up the sound. But um, you had told me then that you were working towards trying to get with the Federation. So that's happened. When did, yeah, exactly. When, yeah. Now, when, so when we did the podcast, I think I was leaving the Middle East after two years and a half. And uh, and I was hoping working in Milan, that I, where I'm working now. It wasn't sure at all. It was like kind of a bet I've taken. And it worked 
super well. Like after three months, they like offered me a contract. They sponsored me like a lot. Uh, they're helping me for everything. They brought some super nice project uh, with the teams and everything. And like also three months later, I've got, uh, yeah, joined the French national team for freestyle, indoor freestyle. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, yeah, that was a great thing. I yeah. mean, you I'm were chomping at the bit. You were really daydreaming about that when we talked the first time, and we haven't talked since. So to find out that everything no. that you were shooting for you got is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Now let's let's yeah, back up before fake. we get too deep into what you're doing now. So you grew up a drop zone rat. You were there with dad all the time. Dad's doing his thing, and then dad moves on to the federation. Uh, so he's a lifer in the sport. Yeah, he didn't push me though to like go too much in the sport. Like it was like he paid for it, like this AFF. And then I had to pay for my jump. So I used to like go cleaning the room in the hotel, like just to pay my jump. I was still at school. Um, and then like when I graduated from high school, it was like, well, if you graduate with like honors, I would pay for you 25 jumps. I graduated with honors. I was quite a good kid at school as well. I I went to medical school <laughs> and um, and well, I was like, I've done the first semester and I was like, yeah, look, I think it's not my thing. And they were like, well, it could not be your thing. It's okay. I think they, they hoped, I don't know if they hoped, they were relieved when I said I, I left, but they were also like, I think they, they thought I would do like long studies because I was like really good at school. I was like maybe the first or second of my school. So they, they thought that would be like um, maybe uh, someone would study a lot or whatever. Um, then I just realized that I wanted to be a talent instructor and I told them, my mom cried. <laughs> And my dad, actually, um, he used to put some money in a bank account, like for us, if, us, if we study. And I told him, well, I'm going to use this money to uh, become a child instructor. <laughs> and I just emptied my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, fair enough. I mean, that's, like, a, well, I don't want that's a huge I shift mean, to go from part- medical school to I want to be a tunnel instructor. <laughs> yeah, and he was like... I, I honestly, I knew it from like probably the day uh, I've done my FF. I remember my first jump. I opened my canopy. I cried. I was like, well, that's what my dad is all his life. And I mean, I felt something like my first jump. I was like, well, super proud of where my dad came from because he's coming from like, like a difficult family environment, I would say. And he did everything by himself. Like, I honestly admire him so much. But um, well, it's got to be an I amazing think, yeah. connection to have with your father as well. Uh, I, I I can't imagine what that realization must have been like after the first jump to go, holy shit! You must have understood your father on such a deeper level. Yeah, like for me, it was like honestly a revelation. And then I was like, well, I want to keep it as a hobby. And then I was like, mm, no, like I'm never gonna not now anyway, I wouldn't have the money to train as much as I wanted to train, like to reach the level I'm I'm at at, at the minute. Mm. And I was like, well, I've got to be a tunnel instructor. And, uh, and I've applied in all the tunnel in Europe. And they were like, yeah, no, I also got like, nah, you're a girl. Well, thank you for noticing. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I got a chance to work in the Middle East. They paid for my... Um, for my course and then I did two years and a half there and I've learned almost everything there like uh, yeah took all the experience and then moved to Milan uh, to train more yeah that's epic 
Now, when you were back at school, so you started jumping when you were in high school, yes? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you must have been the coolest fucking kid ever. Nobody, when I went to high school, kids didn't jump out of airplanes. You were a badass if you got to drive a car. But you're yeah. jumping out of airplanes. So, I mean, did that work well for you or did people think you were crazy? No, I think that, um, I mean, all the time, like, they all knew that my, my dad was a skydiver. So, like, for me, it was like, yeah, um, I wasn't even, like, bragging about it. I was just like, well, yeah, I do that. And they're like, well, you just say that. <laughs> I mean, it's the same way that when you tell, like, a non-skydiver, is like, well, I only have 500 jumps. And they're like, oh, you have 500 jumps. You know, it was also the same. Like, I had maybe 25 jumps, but it was the same way. I was saying the same way. I was like, well, I don't have many jumps. I don't have a lot of experience. And they were all like, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I have no cool story. I was, uh, yeah, no. My high school days were not filled with stuff like that. <laughs> so that's very cool. I was quite a good student. Like, as I said, it's like I was not working a lot, but it was like I was like – almost the best like the best kid at school so like i think they were like they didn't understand what was going on like well how could this kid do skydiving and then like and i think also all my teachers were thinking that I would do like crazy like crazy studies or whatever and then they saw me like four years later that like, yep I, yep uh, right, right. <laughs> no. now what was the what yeah. was the original draw to medical school i mean what why had you thought about that Honestly, I think it's because I was um, good at school without doing anything. I was like, well, maybe if I work, I would be capable of doing med school. And like, why not? Uh, and then I was like, while I was at it, um, I was like, it's not even the study that bothered me. It bothered me. Like, I didn't like it anyway. But so I, I don't even want it. What's at the end of it? It's like, you, I think you can do like sacrifices if what at the end of it is something you want. She was like, I don't want to do seven years of study for this job because that wasn't the thing I wanted to do in my life. And the day I realized that it was the day also I was like, I want to be a ton instructor. And when I told my parents about it, I was like, well, look, I don't want to find myself in 10 years. And I didn't even try it. It's like, it might not work. And honestly, the first year I thought it wouldn't work. Mm. I thought that I would never be able to find this job and never be able to be where I'm at today. But um, I was like, I don't want not to try. I would die from not trying. Honestly, I was like, maybe I'm going to change my mind in a few years. And anyway, I'm like 24 now. Sure. I could even like go back to school, like study something. Oh, yeah. I wanted to like go... At the end of what I of my of my thoughts, actually, sure. it was more of that. Well, now yeah. w when when you got the gig uh, in the Middle East, what did your parents think of that? Because this is not in your and backyard. I, I mean, that was a when they were released. Because then I I moved to Ireland for like six months just to learn English because well, I'm French, so my English was terrible. <laughs> I mean, even worse than that. <laughs> and. Um, and I was there, and this is when I applied. Like, I've already applied in all the other tunnel, but this is when actually everything worked out when I was there. So I wasn't even home. And I was just sending them some messages because I needed some documents. And then they knew something was going on. And then I called them. I was like, well, I'm coming back to France like in a week. Uh, but in a month, I'm going to head to the Middle East. I have my contract as an endoscopic instructor. And then also, it's like, I had to train because they have some physical tests. And I was like, well, I've always been doing sport in my life. I was like, well, it's not going to be a problem. You had, like, I had to do like 10 pull-ups, 
He's like, oh, I think I can do at least three. <laughs> and I hang up on the bar and I was like, you didn't even fucking move. I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> And then I train every fucking day, like morning and evening, whether I was partying, yes or no. Uh, I was training every day in the months. I could do like 12 pull-ups. And like, I was like, well, now I have my contract. I can't fuck it up. It was impossible for me to do it. Nice, yeah. nice. So I think it was like, it was also some sacrifices. It was not a lot, but it's like even moving to the Middle East, I was 20 years old. I couldn't even open a current bank account. Mm. It's like, I wasn't even legal age, you know what I mean? Like I, I knew only one person there. It was, I mean, it, I didn't find it hard, but it was like, it's, it was something anyway, it just put, um, well, yeah, it it's helped. A big like, change. It's a big yeah. change. Yeah. Now, what, what kind of yeah. jumping were you doing before you took that job? Were you, were you super active still back home or? Well, not really. It's like, uh, I had maybe 150 jumps, mm. something like that two hours of tunnel I could like basically when I took the job I could do like sit fly some grips and that's it I had like less than two hours in the tunnel I think so when you say you started out uh, and were taught everything in the Middle East you're not kidding you learned everything out. Okay, yeah, yeah really yeah definitely I came I could like basically sit fly take some grips and whatever I was already freestyling like somehow right. trying to freestyle like but um, yeah, definitely. And then like also the drop zone was closed during this time. So I haven't jumped in like three months and learned all those things in the tunnel. And then went back in the sky. I was like, oh God, this is amazing. <laughs> right. Well, now uh, you're, you're doing the stuff in the tunnel. When you started working and started getting trained to, to be an instructor in the tunnel, were you already then daydreaming about, hey, someday I want to be on a team. Someday I want to compete with the Federation. I mean, was that already something yeah. that you were thinking about? It was always that. I think is the only, I'm not saying I didn't want to be instructor, but it wasn't only a tool. Like I, I really wanted to do like, it was freestyle from the beginning. I think I've done an hour of, let's say, belly fly, back fly, a little bit of sit fly. Second hour, I was already taking some coaching for like freestyle flying. Nice. Um, it was it was like this from the start. I actually, I would like to compete in the sky as well. It's something I'm starting to think about more and more. Um, I don't. I don't think I can do it now because just like I'm too, too involved in the tunnel to do anything else at the minute because well, it's kind of a pain in the ass to jump in Italy because the drops are now only open in the weekends. I'm obviously work, working in the weekends. So I have to, I've done maybe like 53 jumps last year, <laughs> which is terrible. But a whole lot of tunnel um, time, I'm guessing. I this year, though, even with Corona, I've done like 20 jumps in two weeks, which is like basically almost the half of what I've done last year. So <laughs> I'm like, well, I just need another week and I'm good, you know. Now, when you were when you were learning how to become a, a tunnel instructor, how how tough was that for you? Um, I think it was no. I mean, physically, yeah, it was hard because uh, you women and. I liked that actually. I liked it uh, how they did it, but they don't care that you're a woman. Like they're gonna fall as fast as if you're a man. Like just catch me. Like, and which I understand. Like I don't want them to like uh, treat me better or whatever. Mm. So it was hard physically, mentally no, because it's something I had like. I waited so much for this. That I was like, no, it wasn't hard. It, it was. I was proud at the end. I think I was, yeah. The first time in my life, I was like, well, I've done something. Sure. I'm a talent scholar and I've done something. And um, when I did the course, I was like, well, actually what my instructor did, so the trainer, 
it looks awesome. And now I'm doing the course to become a trainer. Mm. So I'm on my way to become a trainer. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. So the, yeah, that's also very great. Well, and you were also yeah. very lucky in that uh, you went to an area and especially a tunnel with some incredible talent. I mean, the people that are flying yeah. out there are world class. Yeah, exactly. Like now in Milan, we had like before, I think now they left actually, but we have three world champions. Like, I mean, three, that. That, yeah, I mean, we have some people that always push you and like even the team, you don't have to be a world champion to be a good flyer. I'm not saying that. We have anyway some colleagues that are super, super good flyer. Everybody's ready to help the other. And um, like it's it's what I love about it. Like I think team in Air Gravity Milano is honestly amazing. I think it's really... Yeah, it's an awesome place to work. Well, the the tunnel flying now has been pushed to such a new level. I mean, it's I, I watch what's going on now in the tunnel and just shake my head because, and I've said it before, I just had uh, Rafa on that that long ago and told him the same thing I'll tell you. I'll watch people that fly like you in the tunnel, and I can't actually tell what you're doing to make shit happen. So as soon as I can't figure out how you did it, I realize that's a whole nother level. You know, because if I watch someone yeah. going out and doing sky surfing or shooting video or doing any of the things that I'm accustomed to, even if they do it better than me, I, I know how they did it. Uh, but I watch you guys fly in the tunnel and just go, I, had, I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> I don't know what they moved to make yeah. that happen. You know, uh, it, I asked yeah. him the same thing. Do you do you have... Obviously, at some point, it just becomes second nature. But when you're working out a new trick or something like that, are you having to think, move this foot that way and that arm that way? Are you breaking it down that much? Or is it just a, I'm going to try this? It's more when I'm coaching them, I'm doing that because I'm basically self-taught, like almost like 100% self-taught. Like um, after the instructor in the Middle East learned like taught me how to head like how to fly it down then i would say i've done maybe i've done five hours with rafa just before the corona crisis wow. so it was amazing but it's the only it's the first time in my life i i could pay for coaching like um it was the first time uh i've done also like five hours i think the year before with uh tom's events mm. was also like a great styler um but no, because when I try something, it's like I just like usually send it or and then hit the wall, of course. <laughs> but um, it was more when I was coaching because like all the thing that I learned myself, I was like just okay, I've done it and then done it a million times and then at some point I got them. But then when you coach, you can't just say yeah, just do it. You know, you have to think about how you do it. And this is when actually I started to like be like okay, maybe I should think about how I'm doing stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and everybody that I know that's a good instructor or a good coach or a good teacher, um, they literally get dramatically better at what it is they're teaching because they're having to break down exactly what's going on. It's like if I'm teaching a, a pilot, to f a new jump pilot, and I'm having to break down exactly what I'm doing throughout the flight, I end up flying dramatically better because I'm having to think about it and think through it and break down exactly what process I use to get there. Uh, but even more so when it comes to something like flying in the tunnel. Exactly. And like for me, like the worst, like there's a move that took me ages to learn because I didn't have anyone to tell, like to teach me. And then it was like, I cannot let the people learn the same way as me. It's like for me, I have like 
for a good example, when I learned how to side fly, I just like was like, okay, maybe I should do it low speed and just like was hitting the net and I had like some bruises all over my body. <laughs> and like people were asking me actually if like I had like someone beating me up at home, like it happened. Right. You know what I mean? And then like I, I have one of my students in uh, in Hungary. I am trying to teach her that stuff. I'm like, well, obviously I can't let her learn this way. You know what I mean? It's like, it was good because it was me. But then once you have to teach it to someone, you have to break it down another way. You have sure. to like figure out some other way to learn it. And then once you know how to do it, then it's obviously easier to find some ways. But um, yeah, but then it makes you think a lot about your flying and also even training just to feel how how you should teach them afterwards sure well that's the thing too yeah. though is uh, and that's why I, I say that you guys are on another level in the way that you're flying because i learned how to shoot video and i learned how to film a sky surfer and learned how to do those things because i would watch video of guys doing it and i could see oh okay that's just what he did he's he's doing this he's doing that and so i, I would go out and do a jump and just try and imitate what i saw and see what happens but when i'm watching you guys fly in the tunnel i can't fucking see what it is i'm supposed to imitate because you're barely moving and doing all these insane things that i can't decipher what little thing here and there and it's just maddening <laughs> and wonderful all at the same yeah. time i mean i'm still doing it i'm still watching some videos of others and like just try to understand like try some moves i also try to do my own moves but what i mean is like anyway i'm watching some videos and sometimes i have to watch it like hundred times like slow motion and i'm like okay that's what it is and um and sometimes you're never gonna get it and you have to go ask the people you have to go get some coaching which is um like yeah for me it was like he was great flying with Rafa. He's like incredible, and like even outside the tunnel, like the way he's, he's oh, he's fucking like, hilarious. Oh, like, yeah, I heard the podcast, and he was for me like also the philosophy. Of what's outside the tunnel is not just someone is going to take you to the tunnel, and then he has like everything around it. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and uh, and I think I needed it. It was like uh, yeah, it was a whole salary gone for me. Only the coaching in like. For five hours but it was like well i ended up there i was like well i kind of do it every month for sure but it was 100 percent worth it sure and this is what i want you like sometime you have to also invest for well for future me and like also for all my future like my future students or whatever it's like i can't just like sell and be like well i'm okay i'm not good but i'm okay and that's enough because anyway you know this is not what i want to be no, 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 you're, you're not, you're clearly not in this to be okay. That's for somebody like me. <laughs> I'm fine yeah. being okay in the tunnel, but I don't have aspirations of competition and I'm not looking to stand on a podium, but you're aiming for big, big goals. I mean, what, do you have any big, granted everything's up in the air with COVID, but uh, do you have any big competitions in, that you're eyeing? Are you training for something specific? Um, I was training for the World Cup that was supposed to happen in up in April. Mm. Uh, got cancelled. Well, it got actually first reported to October and then cancelled completely. So the next one is going to be the World Championships in uh, Slovakia mm -hmm. next year. Um, um, I no, I'm not hoping for anything just because um, I don't think like the level is super high and I'm all, like I still have a long, long way to go. Sure. Um, yeah, 
So I'm training for just to be better than what I've done last time. It is like for now it's it's good for me in a way that okay I'm training and I cannot do something not as good as the prior competition. So it's like I should always improve from competition to competition and for now that's okay. I don't think I could reach anything in the tunnel, like honestly. Um, I would like somehow to compete in the sky. I feel that maybe I could express something that maybe I cannot do it uh, as per now in the tunnel. So think, yeah, uh, I hope one day I'm going to compete in the sky for sure. How, uh, um, how are you? So there's, a, and again, at, your, at the level of flying you're doing, I don't know, but I know just personally that tunnel flying does not directly translate into the sky uh, that you have to alter yeah. quite a bit uh, are you finding that uh, something easy for you to wrap your head around or is it is it hard work i think it's that's i mean that's why i'm not doing it at the minute because i think you need to find teammate that like for me it should be one thing like freestyling the sky should be like it's two person but actually it's only one and it's like you should have like a complete yeah, you should complete you, the video man and the video man should complete the performer. And something like, unless I find this person, I don't want to go into it for now because it should be, it, it cannot be something you do like five jumps and you're like, well, that's, that was cool. You can always do like a nice freestyle free video. You don't move and like the performer is doing like what he's doing in a tunnel. This is easy. But like to make something great, like the word level at the minute, it, it requires something else it's oh, like yeah. something but uh it's something i would like to to go into i would like to work into that as well yeah nice. well i was lucky enough to not that long ago get to talk to uh team airwax um and yeah they were spectacular because i got to find out so much that you never know i had no idea that they'd been doing this for as long as they had and all the stuff that you know went into it i think i spent 20 minutes asking them about the damn jumpsuits because they were the coolest things ever you know it's, but yeah. it, was, it was really cool to hear their background and how uh, they're not just a team in the air they're just a team that's it uh you know exactly. so they're and i think that's should be i mean for a freestyle of free flight um what it should be you have to you have to have this something else to be better than the others, I would say. Because, as I say, doing free flying or freestyling is not that hard. Like, if you've done a little bit of tunnel, you can do it. But to do, like, do something else that is going to get you podium or world title, no, this is this is completely something else. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're at their level, that's, I mean, that's, a, again, a whole nother level. I know I keep using that phrase, but it really is. Um, and to, you sit and watch their performances and just shake your head. And I don't care how good you are. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, but also it was like, it's been, it's the whole team. It's like, it's the two of them. It's also the video man doing a great job. It's the, it's the, as I said, it's, a whole thing yes. and it cannot be only one of them good and you know what i mean it should be like a complete like yeah it should be a whole thing together to make it work yeah for sure now i i know that uh you had left the tunnel gig in, choose chasing aspirations of of uh going with the federation and all that stuff and you ended up in italy yeah picked an interesting time amazing. to go to italy yeah, well, and yeah, in Milan actually. So um, I've been there like from the start of the comp like of the yeah the start of the pandemic. And at the start, you know, we had like when we had like the first cases, like we were like, yeah, it's just 
there like 15 kilometers away from the tunnel and we're like and first we're like well it's a flu blah 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 everybody was laughing about it actually and they were like yeah well maybe I don't know um I came back to my parents in France like just to visit visit them for like three days then I got sick and it was a week away uh just before the French championships the thing is like I am not anymore a French resident I'm only Italian resident so obviously my insurance and everything is in Italian and it's written that I'm coming from Milan whatever so I couldn't go to a hospital I couldn't go to a doctor so I had to call like this number we had in France like for it's not an emergency number it's like just if you have like a medical problem just call it no mm. so I just called this thing and I was like well look um I have some difficulty to like breathe and uh nothing bad you know what I mean but like yeah, the thing is that I come from Milan and I'm touching physically 60% a day because I'm flying them, no? <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, we're going to send you an ambulance and we're going to send you to Marseille to make some tests. I was like, yeah, no, that wouldn't be necessary. Like, just don't bother. They're like, oh, no, no, you don't have the choice. So they put me in this, like, yeah, like, suit and then, like, with a mask and everything. I got to the hospital and they were like, oh, my God, can you just take it off and wear your mask because you're going to scare everyone. Like, yeah, sure. And, um, you in a well, suit? Oh, my God. I was, like, oh, like a biological hazard. You know what I mean? Like, it was incredible. And I did, like, it, like Martha is, like, two hours away from my place. Mm. So I was sitting in this fucking ambulance. So I was like, well, I was just, I could just... Yeah, I had just some pre problem breathing, but that wasn't that bad, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, God. Whatever, they make the test. It turns out it was negative, but problem, I mean, I don't know. It should be negative anyway. And I was like, well, cool. Um, well, I have a competition in a week, so uh, they were like, well, we would prefer that you wouldn't go back to Milan and just stay there for a week. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, then the last day of the competition, this is when they close all the Italy. Mm. So I was like, what well, probably I'm going to stay in France with my parents and actually stay there for three months. Yeah. So I was supposed to spend three days and I stayed three months. My dad was like, well, the next time you come for three days, I'm just not going to trust you anymore. <laughs> well, that being said, Milan would not have been a good place to be when that shit really kicked off. I mean, it, the whole world was watching as it was just horrible. You know, I mean, it got bad. I think it was, but I wasn't there. I had some friend there. And not only for the people, like the rooms were terrible. You couldn't go out of your house. Like you couldn't go like 10 meters away from your house. You couldn't go out. It was it was honestly terrible, but I think also like Bergamo, which is a city like near Milan, they had a lot of cases and I think they had a lot of people dying. And like one of my friends, she's like, she, she's a teacher and she was telling me, yeah, I mean, all my students' grandparents are dying, like mm. almost all of them. So it was like, I think it was like, and they, they got scared because the military was there in the street. Uh, I think it was also oppressing, you know what I mean? Sure. In France, it wasn't like that because just, yeah, I mean, I'm from Gap, which is like countryside. Like I had the mountain, like the mountains right across the road. So even the quarantine was like, I could go walk around. I could, uh, I was all the time outside. Mm. I I had a lovely time, actually. I, it's been years since I haven't spent like three months in France. It's mm. been f at least five years, like with my parents. And the fact of everything being closed, so I had to stay with them. Uh, it was amazing. Honestly, it was amazing. Like, 
Well, you were. I had loved it. You were telling me before the podcast as well. Now that they've lifted a lot of the restrictions in Italy, you're once again having a wonderful fucking time, <laughs> which <laughs> to a lot of people that's going to piss them off. Empty. It's empty. Like you should definitely travel to Italy this time, guys. Like it's incredible. Like everything is empty. Um, Italy is like it's such a beautiful country. I think I fell in love with this country. Uh, I love my country. France is amazing. Italy is is wonderful. You drive two hours and you have some stuff. It's unbelievable. You have the mountains. You have the sea. You have some amazing cities. Yeah, you just uh, said you were just wandering. <laughs> you said you were just wandering through an empty Venice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every, I think they have like 10% of what they usually do have, uh, like with tourists. It's incredible. It's, yeah, well, yeah, I love when, it. And when I was there, it was no, absolutely I, packed. It was almost standing room only everywhere you went. You had to push your way through crowds to get anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's the same with Roma. I've never been there yet. I, yeah. I would love to. Go to Roma. Yeah, yeah I know. Go to Roma. Um, <laughs> Good summer. I'm gonna try. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. You were just saying you're basically working two weeks on, two weeks off. Take the next two weeks and go to Rome because holy shit, I yeah. love that fucking town. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, I think there are a lot of places which are amazing in Italy. Like everything is uh, is different, but even going like in Tuscany or that kind of places, it's incredible. Honestly, mm. they have some. They have a great country. People are great. The food is great. Uh, the language is beautiful. Well, you I were mean, telling me you were no. forced into learning to speak Italian, yeah? Man, nobody was speaking English. My English used to be so much better than it is now. I should apologize for that, actually. Well, I think it's but, funny yeah, that I mean, you said you yeah. had to learn to speak Italian because the Italians are just like the French. They won't fucking talk to anybody in any language other than their own. <laughs> I mean, there are some that are speaking English, but when I got there in Milan, I was like, well, some of the crew were French. I was like, well, I'm okay with French. But, uh, yeah, Italian, I wasn't speaking a fucking word of Italian. Like, I could say hello and that's it. And when I took the job, so I learned my briefing by heart and just hoping for a question. And when they were just asking me something, I was like, yeah, let's just fly, guys. I think I told you everything. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You know, that I couldn't speak a fucking word. And I was like, well, anyway, people are going to speak to me in English. But um, nope. no, they were just looking at me and be like, no, nah, we don't understand you. I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to learn it. So, like, I I bought, like, you know, those books that you buy when you're a kid, like, when you go to school to learn another language, like, mm. just to get the basic. And then you just... Yeah, then it just comes like that. I think, uh, yeah, a few days, yeah, just a few, a few nights days. at the bar, and then now, you're good. There's, I mean, there are a lot of similarities between Italian and French, aren't there not? Or Honestly, not? without speaking a word of Italian, I could get at least 45%, I would say, of what they're saying. Oh, wow. Even if I don't, then the whole thing is like, it's so close that... Yeah, I could understand, but then speaking was another thing. And when I started speaking, sometimes I was just like, well, I'm just going to put an O at the end of a French word, and it's probably going to work. And, well, it's working sometimes, sometimes not, but like, like, and I just also had this amazing trick is like, well, when you don't understand something, you're just like, yeah, it's like saying yeah in, in English, but like, yeah, CC. And... Uh, 
you shouldn't do that. It's something I've learned is that you should never say yeah when you don't understand what they say to you. Because I've been in like three situations, like crazy situation. People will be like, oh, let's bang behind the bar. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I didn't understand what they say. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to be there. And you know, running away. I'm like, oh my God. Oops. So it was like, yeah, exactly. So now I'm just being very careful, like pretending to be good at Italian. I, I, I can speak almost fluently. It's like I'm not saying I can wow. speak almost fluently. But um, yeah, I sometimes don't get the stuff, but pretend to, and this is not something I should do anymore. Like I said, that was, uh, that's the one country out of all the countries that I visited. That was the one country where I actually got it myself in situations where no one spoke English. And I was reduced to literally just pointing at food on a menu because they didn't. And, and then holding out just a handful of money and letting them take whatever they needed out of my hand. I was absolutely the idiot tourist American. <laughs> I think it was just, I think it was the same in France. Like I don't know if you've been to if you've been there, but I would say it's the same. I would imagine like French don't really speak English. They don't really want to bother. I think learning other languages. Um, I think it's the same as Ita- with uh, Italians. They they like the language and they're like, well, we need to be so fucking yeah. speak Italian. My and I was saying that. I'm like, my only French experience is in Charles de Gaulle, which I am convinced is one of the worst airports in the world. Maybe the, the rest of France, I'm sure, is amazing, but it's a horrible fucking airport. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's like, um, yeah, for me, I wasn't surprised. I expected them to be a little bit better than the French on the, like, on the English speaking wise, and I was like, yeah, whatever. We're just the same, so I think we're good. Uh, I was scared, actually, because I was like, well, maybe they don't really like French people, which I think is the case, but actually, no, they're great. They, I mean, they're great with me. I, I, so I was always under the assumption, and this is from having Italian friends and French friends and people that have visited both quite a lot, that uh, the Italians that don't speak English just never had the opportunity to learn. The French that don't speak English are basically just saying, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly what it is. It's like, what, what, what should we bother? Why is the word not speaking French anyway? You know what I mean? I think they're like that. I would say they're like that. Well, see, I've uh, I have such a, I have such a soft spot for the French language, though. Um, I, I was shown a movie, and you'll know the movie right away. Years and years and years ago, when I was jumping at cross keys, um, uh, by an Englishman showed me the movie Amelie. And I fell yeah. in love with that movie, and y- y- you could just play that movie every night, and me listening to the soundtrack would put me to sleep every night. Just listening to Audrey speak French all night long, I'm done. It's perfect. Uh, Amelie, I love, I love this movie. I've learned like almost all the song on the piano, and it's I love this movie. It's like it's a weird one, but I I love it. Oh, it's yeah. a super sweet movie, uh, and I'm not yeah. one to I don't generally like movies with um, subtitles because I spend all my time reading and not paying attention to what's going on on the screen. Amelie is the one that I've made the exception for. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it as well. It's uh, I think it's like. Yeah, it's like all soft and uh, and deep at, at the same time. I, I really like it, oh, yeah. and like the soundtrack also. I absolutely love it. Yes, it's amazing. Yes, it's it's a definitely a, a warm and fuzzy. I, I hate to use the term chick flick, but it is kind of. But I was also yeah. shown it by one of the most obscene, over the top Englishmen I've ever met. So it all balances out. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So uh, what's upcoming for you now? You've got the world that uh, is next year now that you're training for, but for right now, is it just uh, continuing on with the tunnel and, and uh, hoping things you know continue to pick up? Because you guys, you said you're at what, 50% is what you're running at in the tunnel? Yeah, and the thing is, exactly. And the thing is also that we cannot fly our staff time just because, um, well, of course, that we all had like some staff time like that we get every month. But um, with the tunnel not being open all day, imagine if all of us would fly those two hours a month or whatever it is. Mm. Uh, I mean, it would cost a lot of money and with not enough income. So it's something that I 100% understand. It's absolutely great that they've done it. Mm. But I haven't flown, like apart from the demo that we have at the end of the classes, I haven't flown at all since... uh, well, since February, basically, since or March, like since my last competition. Um, it is frustrating because I, I was thinking that after like such a long break, which I haven't had since I'm instructor, really, I've never stopped for three months, it never happened. Mm. Um, I would say this is some like it's good sometimes to have this break because then this is when you can make the progress because you had breaking down every movement or whatever in your head for those past months and um, it's a bit frustrating I would love to fly a little bit more I also don't want to put my money in it at the minute because um, I mean that's why I became instructor is not to pay for my tunnel time anymore <laughs> um, I, I still do it sometimes but uh, I mean yeah uh, um, I'm actually glad they cancelled the the World Cup, uh, which is something I shouldn't say, but I'm glad they did because I wouldn't have had time to to train Mm. and I wouldn't have liked to go there without being able to fly before. It's not something I wanted to. Um, I could have definitely not be able to train more than two weeks or maybe months Mm. before the competition to happen. And actually when they cancelled, it was almost a relief because uh, if I do and the way I'm doing every competition is to be better than what I've done the last time, uh, that wouldn't have been the case, I would say, because I wouldn't have the amount of training I would have hoped for. Uh, so, um, yeah, I hope this winter I'm, I'm going to be able to train, train, and maybe also do some coaching is what I'm hoping for as well. Um just bring people to competition. Have like this student. She's like uh, she just turned 13 years old, I think. Uh, she's absolutely great, and she did her first competition. And how help, I've helped her all the way through, and uh, it was also super satisfying for me. Like sure. it was, almost, yeah, it was super satisfying. And this is also something I want to try to do more and more. That's cool. That's really cool. Now, I was going to ask, um, with your tunnel, you said you're operating at 50% capacity. What else are they doing in regard to safety and uh, uh, in regard to the COVID and stuff? So usually we have classes of maximum 14 person. Now we're just like down to seven people per class. Just to be able to maintain the, like, the distance between people. Uh, we bought this amazing st- Thing. I don't even know how, how I could call it. It's like a hygienizer. You just put the suit in it for like 15 minutes and it's just like, yeah, it just come out clean. Okay. So that's quite good. Like, uh, yeah, I think it works with ozone or whatever it is. Sure. And uh, yeah, just kill the virus and everything. Uh, we're using glove. I 
actually always fly with glove, but uh, yeah, uh, we're using glove to hand the helmet to clean the goggles or whatever. Mm. Um, I think it was. I think it was a good start. Like when I started, it was right at the beginning. I was like, well, I don't know how it's going to be. And actually it went great. Uh, everybody's like super great with respecting things. Uh, we obviously not flying with the mask. Uh, we just gave them like a buff to cover the mouth and nose. And everybody's respecting everything. I mean, it's terrible to work with the mask because it's like, actually super hot in Milan is like also like 35 or 38 sure. sometimes 40 um, at least when we have the helmet we just keep it closed all the time so at least we don't have to fly with the mask which is absolutely great because I've done maybe two classes with the mask and I was like oh my god I'm gonna die yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not opening my helmet anymore while doing my class which is not that bad honestly um, no, then other than that, yeah, just re- trying to respect the distances. Like I just wash my hand like hundred times a day, but I've always done it even before the virus. Anyways, like I'm touching everybody's hand, oh, yeah. so anyway, I'm washing my hand like fifteen times, like like before the classes, after the class, after cleaning the suits. So it's something anyway I do all the time. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's not a big thing. Yeah. Well, people. Would- Anybody that isn't around that environment, especially a staff, would look at uh, the flying in a wind tunnel and think, what, that's got to be super clean. It's just air blowing around. But for those of us that have it's worked the same in a air tunnel, going around. Oh, yeah. I mean, I worked in a recirculating tunnel in Las Vegas uh, that didn't have an air conditioner. Uh, so I spent, you know, God knows how many classes teaching ridiculously sweaty, nasty human beings how to fly and I mean, again, it's recirculating air, so uh, yeah, no, it's it's grimy, it's nasty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, like when well, it was at the start of the pandemic, exactly. That was what we we're saying. Is that well, I'm just gonna cough in the tunnel anyway. It's gonna come back. You know what I mean? I was like, if I mean, honestly, when it started, I was like, well, I'm sure all of us are gonna have it. Like, this is impossible. We're not getting it. Like, I wouldn't have understand like how we couldn't get it. Um, I still don't know. I haven't done the test because, well, I don't need to. But um, I think they bought something also like air. I think it was yeah, air sanitizer that I think they've paid it a fortune. It was like 5,000 euros, I mm. think. And it was just to clean the air inside. So anyway, we have some filters. We have everything. But also they pay for this thing to like just clean the air all the time. That's we good. open the flaps as much as we can. So at least we can like... Yeah, try to have new air in the tunnel. Sure. Um, well, I mean, we I don't think it would be a great risk at the minute to fly in the tunnel. Honestly, I, I wouldn't think so. Well, I mean, we work in an industry, both in the tunnel and in the sky, where social distancing is a problem. You know, I mean, how do you social distance in an aircraft that only holds 20 people? How do you social distance when you have to strap another human being to you? You know, you can only be as safe as you possibly can be. And I'm a firm believer in being, you know, as safe as possible. But I'm also a believer in in getting things going as much as possible safely. I mean, we've got to work. Everybody's got to make money. We've all got bills to pay. We've all got lives to lead. So I think being extremely smart, and it sounds like you're working in a spot that's doing exactly that, which is important. Yeah, like for me, it was like uh, when they say, well, we're going to open again. I was like, well, that's amazing. Like I missed missed working. I missed flying. I've done my paragliding course, actually, just after the quarantine because uh, 
oh fuck, I have to fly somehow, guys. Right. Like all the draft nationals, like the tunnel, I was like, well, I gotta fight some ways. So I've done my paragliding course, which is amazing. And um, yeah, like for me, it was it was great. Like working again, like being back at least in the airflow was was good. Sure. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Now, every time I wrap up a podcast, I always ask people uh, to give some advice to people that uh, might be listening. So what advice do you have to people that are just getting started, uh, whether it's, um, say, a middle-aged guy that wants to learn how to fly in the tunnel or parents that want their kid to start flying in the tunnel or a teenager that wants to get in there and start doing what you're doing? What, what do you recommend? I mean, it can be expensive. It can be time-consuming. You know, what advice do you give? With all of that for sure it is expensive it's time consuming it is but um it's it's so rewarding like for me like you need to enjoy every every jump or every minute of tunnel flying you should you should learn something in every jump in every minute of tunnel flying it's um you need to be safe as well which is something important really because um it's not it's not going bowling, okay? Right. It's still an extreme sport, uh, whether it's skydiving, paragliding, or, well, tunnel flying a little bit less. But, yeah, wh- whatever is like, it's something you should always be, um, just be yourself and, like, try to fly because there are millions of ways of flying. And this is, like, also something I've learned being an instructor in the tunnel. There are thousands of ways of flying. The same move you can fly, like, thousand ways differently just like the way yeah just show the way you are in the way you're flying or the way you're jumping and uh, yeah always be safe because it's important as well now what do you say to, to a mom and dad have their kid say their 9 10 11 year old kid that uh, has seen the tunnel and thinks it's just the most amazing thing in the world but it is dangerous so what do you say to mom and dad that are worried now oh, my kid's gonna go break his fucking neck in this tunnel i'm not gonna let him do it um well let them be honestly i've i mean i smashed the wall so many times well maybe you can see it (laughs) maybe i do have some problems and i probably do but honestly no um i think the way we are trained is like we are made not to let anything happen in the tunnel the same way that a tenement instructor is made for nothing to happen during the tandem shit can happen okay but we are trained not to sure. let anything happen. Um, I think we should let them the same way my parents let me be the way I like, let me do what I've done in my life. It's like, I'm super young. But anyway, when I told them that like, I'm going to do it, so it wasn't a question. I told them there are, then you have there. I have their full support. Sure. Now my parents are my biggest fan. And uh, when they can, they come to the competition. And I think they're really proud of what I'm doing now. And because they're not proud of what I'm doing, but they're proud of me being happy being me in a way that they know that I wouldn't do anything else. At the minute, I would maybe change my mind in some years. But uh, I think they love seeing me the way I am now. They love seeing me doing what I love most in the world, you know. Well, and I think uh, especially uh, after the events of the last six months or so, a lot of people are starting to realize maybe it's more important to be happy, you know? And that's something that I think, um, well, anybody in anything that they love, obviously, but I think extreme sports and skydiving and tunnel flying, 
people don't go after it because we're going to be rich and famous. You do it because you're going to fall in, you've fallen in love with something. And I don't know any active skydivers that regret the decision that they made. And you certainly don't regret uh, the choices that you've made. Oh, which... no. I would do it everything. Yeah, I would do everything exactly the same way I've done it. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't change a single thing. No. Um, I think it's important to, yeah, to do to do it this way and to think about it this way as well. You know what I mean? It's like, it's something we have to, yeah. I think all of us, when I heard also Hannah's podcast and it was the same. It was like, yeah, I won't do that. And I'm going to do that. Yes. And you know what I mean? It's like, just let them be because they would be so unhappy doing anything else. Yes. Absolutely. You know. I completely agree. And I think if, if nothing else, uh, again, the last six months has really put an exclamation point behind the fact that chasing your dreams and going after what makes you happy is infinitely more important because you could drop dead tomorrow. And I would rather drop dead tomorrow having done all the silly things that I've done over my life than drop dead after working a nine to five that I hated, you know, for the last 20 something years. Yeah, for me, it's exactly the same. It doesn't mean that you should fuck around and just like uh do dangerous stuff or like in the reason or whatever but uh it's a hundred percent means that yeah do whatever makes you happy because well what else matters honestly is like exactly. for me is that I, I've, I've never i've never aspired to be like or businesswoman whatever or family woman whatever for now something is like no i'm doing what makes me happy and now what makes me happy is like well flying jumping out of an airplane flying under like a paragliding you know what i mean it's like for now this is enough like obviously it's not only darks like my friends my family whatever but um yeah this pandemic for me was like well i spent three months with my family and then i loved everything about it because I missed my work which is amazing and also that well this is amazing I could spend so much time with my family I think it was it was a good yeah it, it was a good time nice nice well now for everybody that's listening how do they find you if they're in Italy and they want to come flying in the tunnel uh, where do they go uh, how do they find you on social media if they want to follow what's coming up and and see how you do in any upcoming upcoming competitions so I am working in aerogravity in Milan. Um, I also jump like around there or in France uh, in Gap. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. And my Instagram is like Laurie underscore LB underscore aerogravity. So I think if you put Laurie aerogravity, you would find it. And um, yeah, then I usually update like all the projects I do with the tunnel and uh, my competitions for sure. Awesome. Well, Heartfelt congratulations for making it on with the Federation and getting the tunnel and getting literally everything you told me you were after the last time we talked. That's just as cool as hell. I think, yeah, I've got it all. It's amazing. Thanks for taking the time with me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. All right, there you go. Another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can, brought to you, as always, by the greatest fucking magazine in the known universe. That's right, Blue Skies Mag. Head to blueskiesmag.com where you can subscribe to the magazine, get all the back issues. You can check out all the amazing articles and all that shit. If you got a story, you can submit it. If you've got a photo, you can submit it. Get that shit out there. Have some fun with it. Also, if you're looking to advertise whatever cool stuff you've 
you've got going on, they are where you're going to want to go. Also brought to you by Pussfoot.com. What's Pussfoot, you say? Well, first off, hit Pussfoot.com and go check it out. But it's a collection of extreme sports shit, really fun stuff. Everything from BMX and skateboarding to, of course, a shitload of skydiving. And it's a collective of all this information, especially if you're a newer jumper or you're looking to find the next big boogie or what's going on. It's where you're going to want to go. As for me, I am the fucking pilot. You find me at thefuckingpilot.net. That's where you get links to this podcast as well as all the others and access to both the books that I've written, the Blue Skies Mags fucking pilot book and the Accidental Stripper, both available in digital and print for now. Again, thanks for coming. We'll see you next time.